0: Welcome to the Salvatre Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 6.45 a.m. East Coast time. It is Saturday, December 7th, and we have a four-game Saturday slate. There's five games total today. There's a showdown slate at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to check that game out, you can. But for right now, I'll just be breaking down the four-game slate that starts starts at a different time, different time than we usually get, not 7, not 8. It'll be 7.30 today. I think they did that just to group in a fourth game, make this slate a little bit better, get some bigger prize pools, get some more people interested. They did that for me. Usually the, the difference between me wanting to play or not is the difference between a three and a four-game slate. So uh, we'll go down, we'll break through the injury news, we'll go through my early interest, take a look at some of these matchups like we usually do. But if you're new here, welcome. My name is indeed Salvetri and and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. I'm pumped that you're here for another breakdown. I do cover, like I said, NFL, so there's a ton of content already out this week for the NFL. I'll be going live today on the Awesomo YouTube channel, as well as tomorrow on my YouTube channel to kind of take Q&A questions before the uh, slate locks for the NFL. But NBA today, uh, projections out on my exclusive uh, content, where it is is housed over on Patreon, linked up down below if you're interested in my projections, um, my my up-to-the-minute updated every single... Um, really a minute before lock, as quickly as I can get the updates out there, uh, and as well as player pools. You can check all that out. If you want to get entered into a contest to win $25 PayPal, some guy won yesterday, still waiting for him to answer me. Otherwise, we'll have to give it out to somebody else, uh, maybe on tomorrow's live stream. Um, But if you want to get entered into a contest, let me know who do you think is your, your favorite 5K play of the day. We'll go 5K instead of 6K. 5K play of the day. You have to be a subscriber and comment that down below. If you're listening on the audio version of this, you can feel free to come to YouTube and comment it, or you can feel free to tag me on Twitter with it and or leave a five star rate and review. If you leave a five star audio podcast rate and review, it'll count as three raffles, three entries. I can max you up three times into this little wheel that I spin. And on Friday, final thoughts for week NFL 15, I will announce a $25 winner. So all you have to do best 5k play of the day, either in the comments down below, and you can get this either on Twitter, you can tag me, you can also and follow me there. Uh, it's just a bunch of different things. I think there's a way that I can make this contest automated. So I'm going to look into that. But yes, comment down below best 5k play of the day have to be a subscriber audio version, you can leave a five, start rating, review, or come over to YouTube and do that. So my Twitter is at My Instagram is Sal underscore Vetri. Uh, And maybe today I will release some of these projections and it's only a four game slate. Uh, maybe I'll release them for free at some point and I'll, I'll notify you via Instagram. So be sure to follow me there to be um, just know the no haps of all of that. So that's all the plugs really, just, you know, social medias, the exclusive stuff, the stuff that keeps the light on, lights on here as a content producer in the fantasy sports space, uh, independent now here since uh, graduating a couple months back appreciate all of you thank you all so much again hit that subscribe button about still uh, it says 51.3 percent of people are not subscribed to the channel it says naturally that there's going to be a huge number there but let's try and get it below the majority hit that subscribe button let's see if you don't know that you're just not subscribed and i do appreciate that so let's get into this starting with the injury news kevin love not an official injury designation yet today i just myself put him as questionable because he missed the front end of the back-to-back last night with an illness and he was ruled out relatively early he was downgraded to questionable relatively early in the day as well the impacts there would be Larry Nance, who played 41 minutes last night. He did not play many backup center minutes because they have John Henson back now, but still played a ton of minutes. And then Tristan Thompson, John Henson to an extent. Tristan Thompson was also a game-time decision last night, so I would track his health status today as well. I would not be shocked to see him go up in the air yet again. I think he also had—I um, actually don't remember. I don't recall. I was going to say an illness, but I think that was just Kevin Love. In Indiana, the only injury here is Jakar Sampson. Really an end of the rotation, if even in the rotation at this point. Um, big. He, you saw him get some run when there is no— a bonus no miles turner but if anything it just helps doug mcdermott's rotational minutes stay afloat and maybe a little bit elevated same thing with tj leaf if he even sees the rotation memphis is where there's uh, outside of philly but really for the most part memphis is where there's a ton of injury news that's going to impact the slate and you'll see in my early interest tons of potential ways that you can go for value which is going to make this four game slate uh, sort of a mess here so starting with dylan brooks he's questionable with the shoulder he's been constantly playing around 30 plus minutes since john morant went out and really for a while now uh, jay crowder uh, the anthony melton these these two guys primarily the Anthony Melton and Grayson Allen would see big bumps if there's no Dylan Brooks they've both been playing around 25 plus minutes a game since John Moran has gone out which is surprising at least on the part of the Anthony Melton playing that many minutes he's coming off a 28 minute game Grayson Allen has not played below 25 minutes since you saw um no or since you saw John Moran go out so Grayson Allen and the Anthony Melton might play 30 minutes each should play 28 plus minutes each if there's no Dylan Brooks there's just no there's not a lot of bodies here and you're about to see why Because Kyle Anderson's already ruled doubtful hasn't been out there in a while. And Brandon Clark is now considered week to week out with an oblique injury. That's going to very significantly help Jay Crowder, very significantly help Solomon Hill's minutes stay somewhere around 28 to 30. And Jaron Jackson Jr., due to Brandon Clark being out, is also going to see his minutes stabilize in the 30-plus range as long as he avoids foul trouble. And lastly, John Morant is still week-to-week, will be out today with a back injury. Tyus Jones will continue to start in his spot. Tyus Jones' price now, because he's been playing awful, is down to 4600 Difficult matchup for him. you also see Dylan Brooks' benefit if there is Dylan Brooks in this game. Grayson Allen, the Anthony Melton, those types of players. So tons of value to go around. Depending on if if Dylan Brooks was to miss today um, and you do have doubtful Kyle Anderson, if those two players missed, I mean, there's just value everywhere in Memphis in terms of Grayson out. Tyus Jones price now is down. DeAnthony, Melton, Solomon Hill, right? Um, Even Jay Crowder at his price point, if there's going to be no Dylan Brooks or, or Kyle Anderson, it's just a ton of spots that you can get value from. Be sure to check my projections if you do have them as a Patreon later today that'll be a spot that's very important to watch. I'm just going to assume a lot of these players will grade out nicely for value. Just trying to find the ones that have the most upside will be the key there. Going to Philadelphia, Joel Embiid is going to be out. It's not rest. They're calling it a left uh, hip bruise. So we'll see if that actually holds up or if it's just going to be rest. He was 10,000, but now he's off the board. So Al Horford will start at center. You're going to get Tobias Harris moving down to the four. Ben Ben Simmons, will see Ben Watson. I was going to say Ben Simmons, mostly a big bump. And then Mike Scott, who has not been great, but he should see a bump into the 18, 20 minute range, probably a little bit more than he has been seeing. So the big thing here is that Tobias Harris will slide down to the four, which is in theory is good. But on this team, for some reason, since Tobias Harris moves from the four, he has been terrible. That's a small sample. It's like three or four games without Joel Embiid. And terrible might be a harsh word. He's just kind of um, not lived up to the expectations. He's either barely hit value or gone below it. So I would say that that's terrible for our fantasy rostering purposes. But Keep an eye on it. I still think Tobias Harris is fine today, but his price point is now up and he is moving to the four. So again, a nice spot to be at. Uh, But for some reason, and it's a big reason why is because of Joel Embiid, like when you have Al Horford at the four, he has one of his lowest rebounding rates of his career because he's playing next to Embiid. But even when Tobias Harris is moving to the four, he loses a ton of rebounding upside, even compared to when he's at the three. But again, it's a small sample. I would not imagine that that keeps up. Josh Richardson will remain out with a hamstring. Has been lingering him now for the better part of a month. Cork Moss, uh, or or Theibel will start. James Dennis will pick up some run. All those guys in the 3K range. 3k range and this would be the guy that i would like the most just because he has the best point per minute upside but none of them are really screaming out due to all the memphis value that we have aaron baines is doubtful with a calf frank kaminsky check diallo uh Arch, cam johnson all those fours and fives will see benefit frank kaminsky should continue to start but i'm not shocked against a tall houston team right a big houston team with pj tucker and and namingly clint capella in the front court to see check diallo see some more run here Mike Conley questionable with a hamstring last game they didn't really give any minutes to the chalky Emmanuel Moutier to um you had actually more minutes going to Dante Exum they gave minutes just to three pack up point guards but they they ended up just doing what they did last year and touched on it on the the Wednesday Osmo awesome show with Josh Engleman that Donovan Mitchell would very much start at the point guard and Joe Ingles at shooting guard and I wouldn't be shocked and if that happened then I would not want to play any of those value guys and you still saw Moutier coming in at 50 plus percent ownership so those are the nights where um you can try and get a nice edge. Uh, they, they ended up doing that a lot last year, so I wasn't shocked to see it happen. If Conley was to miss, Mitchell Ingles, again, would see point guard run. Bojan would just have more overall usage as well. And then Royce O'Neal just picks up more stability in his minutes, depending on what they want to do with the size matchup against Jaron Jackson Jr. and Val. You could just see a lot more minutes once again go to Jeff Green. Moving over to the target offense sheet, once again, be sure to hit that subscribe button. If you are interested in, I'm going to be making an NBA DFS course, but if you're interested in my NFL DFS course, I'm doing a a flash sale on it. I'm just going to make it right now. It's usually $150. It's about uh, 12 hours of videos, a ton of downloadable PDFs. It took me the entire summer to make and I think so far we've had like 120 people go through it. If you're interested, I'm going to make it 66% off to make it $49.99 instead of $150. But that's only for people listening to this video. Uh, so if you're interested, you can drop a comment down below and I'll send you the link there. Just be sure to check back for the link to say, hey, can I get that coupon code? Um, you know, what? Let's, let's make it $40. Screw it. We'll go extreme. That's the cheapest I've ever made it. So uh, check it out down below if you're interested. So this is a target offense sheet. You can take screenshots if you want. I'm not going to st- spend too much time on here because a lot of this will kind of just be discussed on the early interest, but an insane total right now. A 126.25. I thought this was fake. This might be fake. 126.25. 10-point favorites for Houston against Phoenix today, who has a 116.25. Currently, we don't have the Philadelphia-Cleveland total due to some of those injuries, namely Joel Embiid, probably just Joel Embiid, maybe some Kevin Love as well, uh, waiting on his injury status, but a 126.25 and a 16.25. Those are the two highest totals, team totals, on the slate in the same game, and a 245.25 game total is insane i i don't have this wrong i copy and paste it is more it pulls automatically so this is this is correct game um So, what does this mean? Well, it means that $11,700 James Harden is surely on the table today. It means that really all of these Houston up weapons should be looked at. A lot of these guys are priced up as they should be for when your team total is like eight points higher or 10 points higher than it usually is. 10 point favorites, so blowout factor, of course, a risk. But the problem here, or the reason why this is so high, is both of these teams have the two of the three highest paces on the team or on the slate, and they have a 108.75 combined pace in here. So, 108.75 possessions per game. That currently right now ranks out for me three and a half more per team than the next closest game, which is Utah and Memphis. And that Utah-Memphis game is probably going to be played slower than people expect because there is no John Morant to push the pace a little bit there and potentially no Dylan Brooks. But the main part would be John Morant really uh, pushing the pace and changing your offense around him. Tyus Jones coming in surely can keep the pace up, but nowhere near as much as when you're running out there with uh, Russell Westbrook Jr., a.k.a. John Morant. transition. So uh, the places that stand out are are surely Houston and Phoenix, and that's going to be a popular spot, I'm uh, sure, for many on a four-game slate when you have no Joel Embiid and your pay-up option is pretty much just then on this type of a slate. Really, it's hard, and then then it'll drop off to uh, probably the next guy on his team, which is uh, Russell Westbrook, I believe, are the two highest-priced guys on the slate. Then, yes, you're going to just have a ton of ownership in this game because of all the value on the slate that I'm already seeing in Memphis, the mid-range value in terms of like guys like Al Horford, um, just based on their uh, bump up with no Joel Embiid, those types of players are just going to be in a lot of lineups today. And then you're just going to easily get up to um, James Harden. So I imagine the, the ownership later today when we look at it is going to be a chalky James Harden, potentially a chalky Russell Westbrook, um, and then just paying down for a lot of these Memphis just value plays into Anthony Melton, Solomon Hill. Grayson Allen, depending on the status of Dylan Brooks. So I think that that looks like the optimal build right now. If I didn't think it was going to be absolute chalk, I would say that's the build that I would be playing, but I'm sure there's ways I'll try and go around it, get different. Um, Harden though, he, he stands out And when your team is on 126.25 implied total, even if you get pulled. And, and the thing with Harden is he usually doesn't get pulled early. Like he dropped 60 points and then he got pulled. So if somebody wants to say, ah, he got pulled uh, a week ago, he had 60 points in the game. He had over 80 fantasy points. Like what else do you want from the guy? If he's getting pulled, he probably has 60 to 65 real life points. And on this four games, slate, unless Russell Westbrook also goes off in his own team, I really don't know who else can drop 60 to 65. Now, nobody's priced like him, uh, but I don't know if anybody even comes within 15 of that. So not a lot of big names on this slate outside of maybe Ben Simmons now usage with no Joel Embiid or Horford but I'm sure they'll also be picking up ownership so that's the main spot the other the rest of these games are, are pretty gross in terms of total so far I'm sure Philadelphia and Cleveland will be somewhat gross as well it's more of a slow pace game uh, the, the second slowest on the slate well below league average in pace three possessions less per team probably no well no Embiid for sure no Richardson maybe no Kevin Love it just looks like a spot where you might not have efficient teams but the other games New York versus Indy a 101 play team total for New York after the coach gets fired maybe they come out and do something A 107 implied total for the Pacers, that's gross. And then a 104 implied total for Memphis, which they're just beating up. These games are not good environments. Now, Utah against Memphis in the 10 o'clock game tonight is a 116 implied team total. That's appealing. Uh, We'll see what happens with Mike Conley. But if he's in, a lot of these guys are priced up to what they should be. You'll find some value in a guy like um you'll find value in Rudy Gobert tonight but going up against Joval whose minutes limit seems to be off is definitely scary for Gobert Gobert can handle Joval on the defensive side I think although Joval just size-wise probably a mismatch even for Gobert's um just elite skill set on defense Uh, but when it comes down to it like his price point is fine Gobert but he's not a priority on this type of a slate especially around some of those Philadelphia players that just see increased usage without Embiid or Richardson on the court now so yeah, it's really just keeping an eye on all the value. Houston and Phoenix would be a spot that I would would target pretty heavily. Um, there's a couple of pieces on Phoenix that stand out, obviously pieces on Houston, and then just going out across the board to some of these different games and getting different. Always, always, always try and get to one to three guys in your lineups that just are going somewhat unnoticed. It doesn't have to be 1% owned guys, but 10% owned guys, 8 13%, even 15% on a four-game slate. Those will, get, those will make your lineups different enough. If you're looking at ownership projections and you're getting all the guys in your lineups that are going from there are, your eight guys in your lineups are within the top 15 in ownership, there's a really good chance you're you're not winning that night. Albert oh, but Sal- why can't they all do good? They can surely all do good. But even if you get lucky to the point where they all do good, right? You have to get lucky at some point in DFS to bank a tournament. Even if you get lucky at that point, and this is if you're entering like one to five lineups, then... The odds of you just not holding hands with everybody to the finish line is is very slim. And if I told you tonight that entering your $15, you had no shot at winning your big 100K to first or 50K to first, um, and instead it was going to be split so many ways that you can only win 5K, you would probably enter a different contest. So I'd definitely try and get different tonight on this four-game slate where it seems like a lot of chalk is going to come in, especially at the value end. Here we go. I'll, I'll read off these from the for the podcast users, and then you can look at it if you're early interest right now, even on this type of a slate, 21 people. So a Harden at the top makes a lot of sense. I don't have Russell Westbrook on here. He's fine if you want to get to him, but I'm just trying to not put everybody in the player pool. I'm trying to show you that my priorities would be getting to Harden. You can get to both of them on the slate. hasn't really worked out all that much this year. Now Westbrook's price up to 9,400, and James Harden price is technically down to 117 after spending a lot of time in the 12K range. So, Yeah, I would prefer Harden here in this matchup. Again, 126.25, really all you need to know. The guy's playing 38 minutes per game and averaging damn near um, like 1.7 plus fantasy points per minute. Ben Simmons at 8,200. I do like him. He's not my favorite sixer today, but his price point doesn't move. You, You have Tobias Harris's price point rising up because of his play recently mainly against a really bad Washington team uh, where he just couldn't miss and he was pretty much unconscious, but also because there's all, no Joel Embiid. But you don't have Ben Simmons price changing, so point guard, small forward. If you could put Ben Simmons into the small forward spot today and make your lineup look good and, and feel good about it, I mean, that's a great spot to be in. You have a, another point guard in your lineup who is going to attack the basket and I mean pick up more rebounds now that there's no Joel Embiid, and you can put him in there as a small forward. That's a lot of usage for a small forward. Clint Capella, this is the range that becomes a little bit difficult. Um, the 7K range is a lot of guys that I like. In the 6K range, is pretty clear. In the 5K range, it's, it's somewhat clear. But right now in the 7K range, there's just so many weapons that you can go to on a four-game slate. And I think this is going to be the, the deciding factor of the slate. If people play, don't play James Harden, you probably get three, four of these guys in the 7K range. If you do, you might get one to two. And I think Clint Capella looks great against Phoenix, right? There's no Aaron Baines, once again. Clint Capella against Frank Kaminsky is a fine matchup. Diallo might be a tougher matchup for Capella, but nothing that runs you away from him. It just makes Diallo a little bit more interesting because they they're got on the court more. But, I mean, Capella's rebounding rate is through the roof right now. It's not getting impacted by Russell Westbrook at all. And, again, this game environment is just too nice on a four-game slate. I think Compella might be one of the pieces in that game that maybe goes under notice, if anything, just because of the amount of seven K plays around him. And if he doesn't go on notice and he's garnering ownership, well, then one of these next guys is going to go on notice. You have Donovan, Mit- Donovan Mitchell at seventy six hundred against a banged up Memphis team, while he'll be facing undersized Tyus Jones, undersized and underskilled De'Anthony Melton. You have Demontis Sabonis at seventy five hundred. going up against the Knicks, the lowest price point I found on Sabonis in about two to three weeks. Um, He's just been crushing this price tag as of late, playing 35 minutes. A lot of those minutes now, again, coming at backup center as of late, which is so valuable for Sabonis if he's going to have stints without Turner on the court and play 10 minutes, 15 minutes at center in the night. That's huge against the Knicks, who surely um, it's just not a spot that tonight Mitchell Robinson's not going to get much run because Sabonis is a guy who can go out to the three-point line, Turner to an extent as well. It's probably a spot where Sabonis gets a lot of Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, and I really like that for Sabonis. Uh, Tobias Harris, I have in yellow because he's 7,400 against Cleveland today. He'll play at the four. He'll get matched up if there is no Kevin Love against Larry Nance, which is a fine spot for Harris. Even if there is Kevin Love, still a fine spot for Harris. It's just that his price point has now come up. He's no longer where he usually is, around 6,400. So if you have really Al Horford's price point not coming up a ton, Ben Simmons' price point not changing much, if, Al, if Tobias Harris gets really chalky today, I'm fine not getting too much at 7,400 because look, if he has a 35-point game, that was good when he was 6000 Right, But now he has to have you that 40-point game plus on a four-game slate. He can surely get it here in this matchup with the usage at the four. It's just not a slam-dunk lock or slam-dunk play as some of these other guys on his own team are to me. Rudy Gobert at 7300 Like you have Gobert at the center, yes, against Joval, but he's been playing big minutes around 34 per game. I'd rather have $7,300 Rudy Gobert at center tonight than $7,400 Tobias Harris at the four. And also, if Kevin Love is in, this Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love duo, it's, it's gotten worse mainly from Kevin Love since the start of the year. Thompson's still been steady steady afloat, maybe due to injuries for Love and just natural regression. But they're, they're a really good rebounding team, whereas Memphis, although they have Joe Val playing more minutes, so the rebounding rate should come up for them, they've so far been poor at rebounding this year. Malcolm Brogdon down to 7200 Like this is another price mismatch or just a spot where there's a price discrepancy under pricing here. $7,200 is a shooting guard point guard or point guard shooting guard eligible player. It's just too cheap for this type of a guy. So there's a really good case to be made for. Look, James Harden in that game environment. It's really hard to imagine Harden not being needed on this slate. But there's a case to be made that says, hey, uh, let's just say Harden goes for 50 tonight and you get Russell Westbrook instead and he goes for 45 or 50 or 55. Uh, You save $2,300 and now you can load up on the 7K range. I'll be trying to make lineups around that. It'd be scary to not want to play Harden. um, But uh, there's a lot of players that have 40 to 50 point upside in the 7K range and all of them have that. Clint Capella, Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis. Tobias Harris, even Rudy Gobert, and Malcolm Brogdon all have that 45-point upside tonight, uh, whereas Harden surely has the 70-80-point to upside. But again, it's all about game theory, where you can get edges where your opponents aren't going. I do like Harden lineups, but I'm going to be experimenting with a load of these 7-8K to players. Uh, Now getting to the 6K range, look, it seems pretty cut and dry for me. Al Horford, uh, Kelly Oubre, and Julius Randle. Oubre is my favorite Phoenix player today. You have a priced-up now, um, priced-up Devin Booker. You have potentially some players coming back here from injury uh, probably not though with Aaron Baines you have potential question marks around if Frank Kaminsky keeps playing 32 plus minutes and again in a tough matchup today or if you just end up getting more check Diallo so I do like Kelly Oubre's price point not changing just going to play like 38 minutes if not more I've been playing 40 to 41 as of late 6500 is really nice Al Horford just going to start at center against Cleveland he will make life difficult on Tristan Thompson. It will not be a super easy rebounding matchup for Horford against Tristan Thompson, one of the better rebounders in the league this year. But at 6,700, I mean, the price point comes up, what, like $400 from no Joel Embiid now starting at center. Really good spot for Horford. I imagine he'll be chalky today, but he's going to probably be in a lot of my lineups and he is power forward eligible. Julius Randle at 6K flat, just too cheap of a price point. Yes, the Pacers are a tough team to go up against with Miles Turner and Sabonis, a big front court, but Julius Randle starting a power forward, going to play 35 plus minutes, a new coach. So maybe see some more design or some more oomph out of a guy like Julius Randle. If there's anybody on this team who might get pissed off and play a little bit harder, probably is Julius Randle. Um, so we'll see. I like Julius. Rand- I like Julius Randle today at six thousand dollars, five k range. A lot of guys in here. Jeremy Lamb's price dips below six k. Whenever that happens, I usually have some interest there. Just a shoot- shooting guard, small forward that um, is going to average around thirty two to thirty four minutes per game, somewhere in that range. He's just playing really well as a play. I mean, he's averaging right around thirty DK points a game, uh, and he's pretty stable for that. If he has a nice shooting night, it's even higher. So probably more of a cash game play. Jay Crowder. Really good spot with no Kyle Anderson again. Maybe even no Dylan Brooks. Crowder's going to have to be locked into like a 33-minute role. uh, role. He's been playing about 31 minutes per game already. I think he sees an extra couple of minutes here tonight. A 5,500 tough matchup against Utah without a doubt. But I do like putting Crowder in small forward. He'll probably see more power forward minutes as well at points tonight um d'anthony melton and larry nance they're both in yellow i like nance today not too much but a 5200 played 40 plus minutes last night he's just gonna play a lot of minutes like he had a bad game last night but if that means one bad game is going to make a ton of people run away from him granted he might not play a ton of backup five minutes with john henson back i still think a guy gonna play 35 plus minutes at the four is a fine matchup even if it is against Tobias Harris and also he lucks out that Joel Embiid is out because he's not facing Al Horford at the four he'll face Tobias Harris which is still a tough matchup but nowhere near as difficult as having to face a Joel Embiid Al Horford uh, front court so He's fine if there's no Kevin Love. Otherwise, I don't want him. The Anthony Melton I have in yellow because, look, he's priced up to 5200 If you have in today Dylan Brooks, I'm probably not going to have much interest. If Dylan Brooks is out, Melton's going to have to play like 26 minutes at the minimum, probably 28 plus. But it doesn't mean he's a lock for me. He's been playing very well as of late uh, to start the season of these last re- really three games of extended run. But if he becomes really chalky at 5200 look, I-, I would rather have Jay Crowder $300 more on his own team. I would rather have Jeremy Lamb for $600 more. There's just it's a three-game sample where he's been hot, right? Um, he's a player who is not averaging this type of production in his career, a 1.2 guy. He's not bad At best, he's like a 0. 0.9 fantasy point-per-minute producer. And at that point, even if he played 28 minutes, you're looking at mid, uh, low to mid, low, really low 20s more times than not in production. And at 5,200, he's already priced up for that. So uh, if he's chalky, I won't have a lot of interest. I'll just look elsewhere on a four-game slate. If he's not, then yeah, I'll, sh- I'll surely get some. Marcus Morris at 5K flat. <clears throat> this is another guy I'd rather have than the Anthony Melton. You're just locked into Marcus Morris playing 32 minutes or so in this spot coming off of a couple bad games. So I think people will be down on him, especially coming off the injury. Haven't heard his name in a while. So yeah, I prefer Morris over Milton as well. Daniel Haas Jr. Keep an eye if he starts or not. He was moved out of the starting lineup last time due to injury. And Mclemore had another really good game. Uh, if he does start at 4,800, he's completely fine in that. His great pace environment. Hey, a house junior would be one of my, my favorite plays on Houston tonight. Even if he doesn't start, comes off the bench, he's probably going to be locked into 28 to 30 minutes. If he does start though, you probably see 30 plus. Uh, Tyus Jones at 46, price coming down has been really bad as of late, has a really tough matchup now, uh, but I'll keep an eye on his ownership. I do like him at 4,600, shooting guard eligible. Um, right now he's seeing about uh, 30 minutes per game or so since you had no John Morant. His usage is around 20%, but that's steadily and really quickly coming up since taking over as a starting point guard. Solomon Hill, 4,300. You probably get more interest in Solomon Hill. Uh, well, one, Kyle Anderson being doubtful, that's good. Probably has to play 28-plus minutes. If there's no Dylan Brooks, you probably get some more just minutes going to just from Dylan Brooks' fallout, you'd probably see more Grayson Allen, things like that, and more DeAnthony uh, Melton, but also some more just overall minutes where they kind of just move the rotationers around. So Solomon Hill has to get those stables 26 to 28 due to the lack of bodies. And it's a brutal matchup for Solomon Hill, but again, he's 4,300. This is where it comes into play. You have Tyus Jones, you have Anthony Melton, you have Solomon Hill, you have the next guy on here, Grayson Allen at 4K. They're all like players that I don't feel comfortable playing outside of Tyus Jones, but he's been bad as of late. But you have to just get to these guys in this type of a slate because they're all giving you value in the below 5K range for the most part. Grayson Allen at 4K, if there's no Dylan Brooks today, he's going to play a minimum of like 28 minutes. He's just going to have to. And at that point, even if he's not a great fantasy point per minute producer, he's $1,200 cheaper than DeAnthony Melton playing the same amount of minutes and similar point per minute production out of these guys. I would probably get there. The upside for DeAnthony Melton is he's the backup point guard as well. So he gets a lot more usage there, whereas Grayson Allen is probably just primarily going to stay as a shooting guard today. Check Diallo at 3,800. Don't have a ton of conviction around this, but they're playing Houston. Colin Capella is a more dominating matchup than Frank Kaminsky, who's normally a power forward. There's a chance that instead of Diallo getting his 18 normal minutes to run as a backup center, he ends up finding 22. You put Frank Kaminsky back at the four for some. The issue here is that Cam Johnson's coming off of the best game in probably his on his season so him staying in there pretty steadily as a backup four and slightly backing up Kelly Oubre who usually doesn't leave the court leaves it so that Frank Kaminsky's minutes are primarily going to come at the five which leaves it so that it's really hard for Diallo to get any more runs so I do think there's a chance that they just give Frank Kaminsky less overall minutes today leave him at like 26 to 28 and that gives Chuck Diallo somewhere up to like the 22 minute range, it's probably not likely, but there is a chance on a four game slate. So I'll be taking that chance in some spots. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another video, another NBA breakdown. Hopefully, I'll leave it on the injury dashboard. Hopefully, you all enjoyed that. Please leave below your 5K play of the day. Let me know. Leave your Twitter handle or PayPal so that uh, you can be entered into the contest. And you must be a subscriber. If you're listening on the audio version, feel free to reach out on Twitter, tag me with your 5k play of the day, feel free to leave a five star rating review, even if you're listening on YouTube. If you do that, it'll count as three entries for you. So uh, not just your one, you'll get the one on YouTube and then three over there. So be sure to do that as well. Again, must be a subscriber Uh, five star rating review on the podcast as well get you three entries into that. If you want my NBA projections, I might make them free for a little while today. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram, follow me over there. I'll drop a story. And then also over on um, Patreon is where those projections live every single day. If I don't end up making them free today, my cash game tiers for NFL will be out today over there. uh, Live stream today at 10 a.m. for Patrons, And then tomorrow, Closing Thoughts podcast. We had an ownership show for NFL yesterday for Patreon. So be sure to check that out. That's kind of the thing that keeps the lights on over here. But it's also a thing that I feel really strongly about growing that community. So. Thank you all for tuning into this. Again, follow me on Twitter. It's at SalVetriDFS, Instagram SalVetri. Hit that subscribe button before you walk out the door. uh, And I do appreciate you. Have a great start to your Saturday, uh, start to your weekend, really. Hopefully it's going well and end to your day, depending on when you're watching this. Peace out and best of luck tonight. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.